The South Congress podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. All right, so let me hit record here. I think um, since I've been doing this, you're the first person I've interviewed where I have like a chair with your face on it in the background. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, I got I went I was uh, my first uh, WrestleMania I went to live was uh, the one in Miami it was at 27. You know, your favorite one, oh. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so kind of like that. Um, OK, so basically, um, really what I wanted to talk about, I don't know if you got to see the questions beforehand, um, but, you know, people have questions. I have questions about, you know, you and AEW, you, you being over there, your attitude towards it, the things you want to accomplish, stuff like that. Um, and, and then I have one really special question at the end that I won't forget. So I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. But um before we get going, I always want to make sure, is there anything you just don't want to talk about? Nope. I'm pretty much an open book. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Um, so, so let's start here. Um, since you came to AEW, you know, immediately it was, let, let's see what, you know, Kenny Omega is doing. Let's see what Paige is doing. And now MJF, um, do you feel any kind of sense of, um, pride or necessity to test the top talent in AEW. Is that a goal of yours coming to AEW? So it's less of testing them than testing myself. Yeah. And so it's like, um, so, cause I knew, for example, Kenny Omega, I knew he was fantastic. Right. You know, like uh, I had wrestled him uh, a couple times on the independence before once in like a singles once in like a triple threat match mm-hmm. and so you knew already then you knew he was great his mind just worked differently than everybody else's mm-hmm. right so but then when i went to wwe i keep up on wrestling right on the Absolutely. other stuff watch him you know when he was in the juniors division in new japan and then when he went to the heavyweight division and had those just incredible matches all around but then especially like his G1 performances or the matches with Okada and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, okay, at, at no point is it me needing to test him. It was more, can I, can I still hang with that kind of style? It's Mm -hmm. a very physical, physical style. And, um, and it wasn't a style necessarily that we did in WWE. So, uh, so I was really interested in that. Hangman was a little bit different. Um, and was a lot of fun. One of the things that uh, I really wanted in coming to AEW and then leaving WWE is a chance to wrestle the younger guys, right? And like somebody like Hangman Page, uh, where you see so much potential, but when you look at him, you don't know how good he is, right? Yeah. You don't you get in the ring with him. And then um, one of the things that I was very impressed with with him was that he had never done a singles match over 30 minutes. Yeah. And he, had, he and I had never... So when you watch him, and he has these incredible matches with these other people. So, for example, one of the matches that I loved from AEW before I, I started was he tagged with Kenny against the Young Bucks. But he was very familiar with those guys, mm-hmm. right? He and I had never wrestled before. He'd never wrestled a singles match over 30 minutes. And now he and I are going to do it. The first time we're, we're really touching is an hour long match on television. Right? Yeah. So it's like, so it's like for part of me, it's a one, it's a test of like, okay, how good am I? Can I still do this? And then, um, 
And then also, it's just like, I'm interested to see how good some of these younger guys are. And for the most part, I would say 80 to 90% of the time, they, like what I've been so pleased. I come out and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. Right. And so, yeah, so I, I've, I've been really impressed now with, with MJF, it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's a, there's a little bit of, so I don't hate anybody. Right. Whenever somebody uh, starts off and says, I don't hate anybody, you're about to hear the very worst things they think of the person they're going to address. No. <laughs> hey, the, the people around me dislike MJF very strongly. Uh-huh. <laughs> there we go. And I try to not and see, uh, see the good parts of everybody. Right. But there's, um, but there is like from a character standpoint, there's definitely this point of like my character wants to test his character to see what he's actually got. Cause he doesn't, he honestly doesn't wrestle very much. Right. So then you, you're like, okay, going in there for an hour with, with some, I love wrestling. So, (laughs) and I'm very physical when I'm out there. So it's like, is he, is he going to be able to hang for the hour? And this is from a character standpoint, like, it's like, yeah, is he going to hang for an hour? Can he hang with the physicality from a personal standpoint? I'm like, oh man, can he hang for an hour? Can he, can he handle the physicality? So it's like, you know, just the question marks. But I think um, for the most part, uh, all the younger guys that I've been wrestling, you know, the Daniel Garcia's, the Wheeler Yuta's, the Lee Moriarty's, you know, I, I, the Takeshita's, I wrestled Bandito a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. like all things that I've been nothing but pleasantly surprised. Do you think, um, and you kind of answered this, do you think you took a risk go- jumping from WWE to AEW and as far as how that impacts your legacy overall, like if you so, didn't have the the goal that you clearly still have, um, was that something you took into consideration in jumping? And do you think that would have hurt overall? So uh, it's all in how you perceive risk, mm-hmm. how you see legacy. So those are two separate things. Yes, sir. So I, I have no interest in legacy in the sense of like, I'm not even convinced professional wrestling is going to be around in say like 50 years. Uh Right. And even if it is, I'm not overly concerned with what people think of my wrestling in 50 years time. Right. It's um, I'm not overly concerned with what people think of my wrestling now, other than the sense of it makes the boss happy when people want to buy the pay-per-views, for example. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So I, um, I derive joy from the satisfaction of actually doing it, of the energy that I feel afterwards. One of the things that, um, you know, a, a lot of the younger guys, and it's very wise of them to do this, but it's not necessarily my cup of tea, is after I've wrestled them, they say, do you have any feedback for me? Mm-hmm. And And my thing is, did you have fun? Did you yeah. enjoy? Because... To me, immediately after a match is not a great time. And especially when I've wrestled them and I haven't like watched the match back yet or anything, because there's things that you don't see. But like if there's something that they did that was absolutely wrong and not like, hey, you shouldn't elbow me directly in the jaw, that would be 
you know, like you can say something like that, but, um, but more so it's cultivating the idea, the sense that you can go out and really enjoy what we do mm-hmm. as opposed to stressing about whether it's good or bad. And so it's a, it's such a subjective thing. Wrestling is such a subjective thing. Mm-hmm. I could watch something and not enjoy it at all. And other people could watch it and think it's the greatest thing ever. Right. Yeah, and, absolutely. and, and you see all these, you know, um, social media things about, Oh, these guys don't know what they're doing. Or, and then the people who love the guys that they just talked about, they're just like, no, the guys that you like don't know what they're doing or they're boring or they're this or they're that or whatever. And the idea is, it's, I mean, it's just, it's not like football where if you give a running back the ball and he gets five yards, every single carry, he's a great running back. He's a hall of famer. Easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. If you, you know, like for wrestling, it's just different. Do people enjoy it? And then, so, so anyways, my thing with the, with the younger talent is mostly like, Hey, are you, did you have fun? Were you able to like experience joy out there? How did you feel about the match? Did you feel good about it? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, uh, that sort of thing. So all of that, all of that aside. So none of that, I, that ventured way far off the topic, not concerned with legacy at all. Mm-hmm. am enjoying doing the um doing the stuff with the younger guys and helping helping in that respect but from a risk perspective there's there the only thing that i was risking was um maybe health mm-hmm. right because the style is a bit more physically aggressive um but in the in that same sense the uh you're working a lot less. You're wrestling a lot fewer matches. Mm-hmm. So if you're not concerned about money and you're not concerned about legacy, then there's very little risk other than, okay, I really enjoyed wrestling in WWE. Like mm-hmm. I enjoy uh, the people that I worked with. I kind of, I think would have had a cush job for life, like even like in the office. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's like leaving this stability of this thing or whatever it is. But, um, but on the other side, I didn't really feel, I didn't really feel like I was taking a risk because we're financially secure. Uh, the legacy aspect isn't, isn't a huge thing to me. And so, so yeah, I mean, it, it just seemed like if you were going to ask what's the most fun thing to do, or what's the thing that scares you slash excites you a little bit more? That's one of the reasons uh, why I left WWE and went to AEW. Again, I'm, I have all this stuff written down and you're just burning right through it. Um, <laughs> you took <laughs> questions five, six, and seven. They're gone. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And to, to expound on that, though, did the existence of AEW extend your career? Um, like you said you probably would have had like something in the office for life, but let's just say you end up wrestling for AEW another three years, just to throw out a number. Is that the same thing you feel you would have done in WWE or do you think you might've stepped away sooner? Uh, I don't know. It it almost felt like they were kind of transitioning me mm-hmm. into helping more with the creative. And then, so, and I would do a lot more undercard stories and then, um, you know, and then uh, my last WrestleMania, they just kind of threw me into the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, 
but um, but but I don't know, and I and I don't know if the word extension of career is 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 the right way to put it because I've always kind of endeavored to wrestle as long as I like wrestling. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, so even if, um, so even if that means wrestling on my local independent show or whatever it is, like, I don't care if it's, if it's in, if it's in front of 150 people, I've done that before. I've wrestled in front of 30 people, right? The worst thing, oddly enough, the worst thing in the world is when you wrestle in front of those small crowds, you can hear everything that they say that are not meant to be directed at you. So, and there was actually one time I was wrestling CM Punk in, um, in some small town in Florida for a, a company called full impact pro. We wrestled like a 45 minute match or something like that in front of, it had to have only been 50 people. But I just heard we're in the middle of this long match. I just heard these two guys talking to each other in the front row. And they're just they're not even like cat calling us. They're just talking to each other and they go, Oh, these guys aren't very good, are they? No. I don't really <laughs> like <them. laughs> <It's just> like <laughs> So it's just like, you know, I you know, I've done, you know, I've done that kind of stuff. And and the thing is, is you know, it's still it's still fun. So as long as my body holds up and that sort of thing, I you know. I'd like to I'd like to wrestle for a very long time. Uh, what I do think it did going to AEW is is it is it extended my shelf life as far as being kind of in major programs? Like yeah, yeah. On Sunday, I'm going to be in the main event of an AEW pay per view, which is actually to me the most terrifying thing of all. Not because it's like uh, the expectations or anything like that. It's because there's so much stuff on every AEW pay-per-view that mm-hmm. I'm like, if we're doing an Iron Man match and if we don't go in until like three hours and 15 minutes into the show, it's like, they're going to see, they're going to have seen so much stuff. And I'm a dad. I go to bed early. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you want me to go wrestle for an hour? I should be in bed at this time. You know? yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah, those are my, those, those are the things that I think about. I got you. So you've had in the last, you know, month, we're talking Thatcher, Bandito, Takeshita, um, and even extending before that, um, you know, you've done stuff, you know, with Moxley and, and Claudio, and like we said, Paige Omega. Match-wise, and I completely understand, I haven't not been listening. I understand it's a feeling, it's an emotion that you get. Do you feel like this is your best run since ring of honor or do you feel like you kind of pick from wwe from ring of honor from the independence from AEW, and, and that feeling kind of jumps around it's great when it's great and it's not when it's not uh so to me i feel as a wrestler i'm the best i've been i feel like i'm the best i've been right oh, okay. um, it, um just in, in the WWE experience was is part of that. It's part of that feeling. It's part of that understanding of you develop yourself better as a performer. Um, even I know, a lot, like if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, you might be like, okay, WWE wrestling is this and not that. But I learned a lot there, right? That made me better as a professional wrestler. And so, um, so yeah, I feel like. Where I do notice a decline mm-hmm. is in my ability to jump. 
right? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. They told uh, they told Blake Griffin years ago. It's like it's great that you can do all this stuff, but those knees only got so many jumps in them, and, and right. when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, uh, so my ability, you know, I used to do these springboards, right? Like I would springboard, and uh, when I was in Ring of Honor, I would springboard and dive into the crowd and all that kind of stuff. I was like, I wonder if I could springboard and dive into the crowd these days and i was trying it before a show as far as just like springboarding and i was just like ah maybe not for this 41 year old body but um from a from an overall feeling of enjoying my performance on a weekly basis and being satisfied with my performance on a weekly basis uh i i have been most content in aw um since i since i've been in like in like ring of honor you know what i mean in the sense of like because i do feel like you know take the the last run of matches that i had so i had to do five matches i had to win them all if i wanted to wrestle mjf at at revolution and they were all against guys i'd never wrestled before that i all and all of them i wanted to wrestle did you pick them all out i did not no yeah (laughs) yeah i don't have uh I don't have, I don't want to say I, d- I couldn't have that kind of input. I just don't. <laughs> right. I, I just, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, I spend, you know, most of my week work, you know, focused on family and Absolutely. then, uh, show up to work and do my thing. Um, but yeah, they were all guys I wanted to wrestle, like to get to catch bandito, Brian cage, Thatcher, and then Roosh, all five of those guys were guys that I was like, and at different points, I was jonesing to wrestle. I'm like Takeshita, I didn't, didn't even know Takeshita existed a year ago. Right? Exactly, right out of nowhere. <laughs> and, so like, and so it was like, but you see him over the year, and you're just like, wow, this guy is great. I'd love to get in the ring with him. Yeah. And then Bandito, I was watching from uh, he, before he was even in Ring of Honor, you know. And then uh, Brian Cage, I've I've really liked the idea of wrestling Brian Cage because he can do so many things and he's he can such do all a, the stuff. Yeah, he can do all the stuff, but he's such a big mm-hmm. guy, right? Thatcher was always always a, a dream match for me, and then um, and then Roosh, you know, when he was ma- main eventing Arena Mexico, I was. I think there's a there's a video somewhere of it, or on my wife's Instagram page. It was while I was GM and forced to retire, and it was like, uh, and I had mentioned on there, I was like, oh, I want to go to re- Mexico and, and wrestle Roosh, right? And so, and here I am, X number of years later, no longer retired and wrestling him on on live television in in the United States. So it's it's been a lot of fun. What uh, if you could touch on just just one or two things um, that you did pick up on in WWE that makes you better today from a character perspective and from like a selling perspective, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because of the the number of shows that you do. So, uh, you know, like I would get to wrestle Randy Orton, who might be one of my favorite people to ever wrestle. In the sense of he and I just clicked and Randy Orton is so good. And so you're wrestling all these untelevised matches, right? In front of, you know, live events and all that kind of stuff. And it really gets, if you, if you, if you're somebody who tries to continually get better, it's a great place to hone the details of your selling of your explosiveness of all the different things that you do. When I, when I, wrestle randy and when i watch randy and especially like randy at his best i think like man this guy's this guy's untouchable everything he does is perfect 
you know, and, um, and, and it's without, it's without hurting anybody. It's a staying safe. It's, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, so anyways, um, there was a lot of that. And then a lot of too, I would say in my independent run in my, in ring of honor, you had the luxury of being self-indulgent, right? Mm. Like, uh, and I find this, you know, and I've, I've gotten a different lens on it about like music, especially I don't watch that many movies, but you know, in movies where you see a self-indulgent, uh, music act who like, okay, I just want to riff for seven minutes. Right. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, yeah, that's not exactly what we want. <laughs> right? yeah. Like, uh, and so the, you know, there would be things I would do on the independence that I would do just solely because I enjoy it. Mm. The TV style of wrestling. And one of the things, uh, you know, it frustrated me at times, but, um, one of the things that I was told early on in WWE is like, I don't want to see any of that thumbs in bullshit. And by thumbs in bullshit, what they mean is what they meant was like, like actual wrestling, right? Like, to, yeah. like, like, like Matt, Matt wrestling. Don't go out there and do any of that thumbs in bullshit. Right. And I laugh because I did get to get some of that thumbs in bullshit in there, mm-hmm. but it was a very useful perspective in the sense of, okay, in this, in Japan, you can do the wrestling and people like it and appreciate it and all that kind of stuff on the independence kind of thing. But in front of those live crowds who are there to be entertained and all that kind of stuff, you have to put them in places where it can be acceptable as opposed to like, Hey, let's just start off wrestling around for 15 minutes. Like that's not something that's great for television. You know what I mean? So learning that. And then obviously the, um, the importance that, that's placed on promos. It got me very comfortable doing promos. So um, there was one time during the pandemic where, you know, you're at, in the Thunderdome and you, there's all these screens and they, you know, they give you kind of a script for your promo, right? Mm-hmm. And and I had memorized the script. I was on first. I was on at 8 o'clock. And then at 7.30 p.m., so 30 minutes before the show, and it's like a 10 to 12-minute promo, the whole script changes. And I'm like, Wait a second. And I had to tell him, I said, hey, there's a there's a chance we're on live TV in 30 minutes. I might not be able to remember this. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, it's getting comfortable in those kind of situations. And it made me, it, yeah, it, it made me better. It made me better in, in so many ways. And then also in the way that I think about wrestling and especially, you know, I was very grateful they asked me to be a part of the creative team too, because that just gave me a different, uh, a different insight into into what goes on there gosh there's so many things that you learn also yeah. playing playing to cameras right yeah. playing to television and i think there's a joke amongst wrestlers like uh you know you go to wwe at the performance center and they teach you where the hard cam is or whatever it is you know what I mean? yes. where the is. but the reality is i learned a lot of how to position myself to for it to be better for television you know what i mean like all that kind of stuff. so yeah there's there's so much so much that you learn yeah that's literally the conversation i had with carmelo hayes when we talked he was like no yeah they tell me where to look at <laughs> where to, and where to do stuff so yeah that, that, that's it's accurate even if it's funny absolutely um well other than, than that and i think that's a big big part 
what are some of the differences in being produced under WWE and AEW? At this point, is that very similar? Are, are there a few differences um, with AEW being new and try to differentiate? Uh, it's not even close to the same. Mm, okay. <laughs> in the sense of, so for example, uh, the you know, you in WWE, you're one of the first things that you're told is kind of how much time you have, like what segment you're going to be on. And that stuff can kind of switch or, um, uh, but you know, that, you know, they'd like a certain type of finish, right. Or they'd like, they'd like a certain thing going into break and you work with your producer a little more, um, your, your producer works with you a lot more in wwe and for example like even for the promos for example like i said you're handed a script the first time i did a promo in AEW, and they just and i was just like okay what do you want me to say say whatever you want what do you mean say whatever i want right (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can't tell me to say whatever i want because the things that go through my brain are just not acceptable for television right and so it's (laughs) so it's uh so it's just one of those things. So that, and then from a, from a, from a wrestling standpoint, you know, um, it's not the producers aren't as because WWE has kind of a lot of rules, right? Yeah. A lot of rules as far as like, they want, they want specific things. They have a vision for the thing and, and AEW, it's not, it's not like that. And it's also, it's different too. I come to AEW and a lot of these producers, my two main producers that I've worked with have been Dean Malenko and Jerry Lynn. Okay. And so, and Dean, I worked with a lot in WWE and then, um, and then Jerry, uh, like he and I have, I think the first time we wrestled was 2001, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But we've wrestled each other, you know, multiple times throughout my career, but it's, uh, we just have a really good rapport and it's more of just like a discussion as opposed to. Okay, what does Tony Khan want for this match? Mm-hmm. It's as opposed to that, it's more like, hey, what do what do we think is good? You know what I mean? And right. like, it's been a real pleasure working with um, both Dean, who was my hero when I was, you know, a teenager, mm-hmm. and then uh, working with Jerry right now has has been fantastic. Because one of the things I love, um, and that I didn't really get a lot in WWE, is uh, is good good critique right mm-hmm. which is for the one person i will say this so I, I loved working with the producers in wwe but uh i wouldn't have been nearly as successful in wwe without jamie noble producing most of my yeah. yeah because because there were there would be times there was one time specifically it was during the lead up to that wrestlemania 30 right mm-hmm. where it's like my neck i don't was, remember that one what happened there <laughs> <laughs> well, I main evented, and I was know, I was literally in the building. What a, what a, what a day! But yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> uh, but you know, in the lead up to that, my neck was so bad, and the shooting pain down my arm. And there was one point where I had to wrestle like I don't know how many matches it was in in one in one night on a raw, and I was just like I was exhausted because I had done a whole weekend of live events, mm-hmm. and I was just having problems putting things together, and. Uh, and Jamie, because he's one, he's so good, but two, he knows all my stuff. And so he's, yeah. he essentially put the matches together for me <laughs> yeah. and the ability to just focus on getting physically ready and not have to mentally like put together a match. Mm-hmm. That's good. 
was such a blessing at the time. You know what I mean? So it's like now, now I, you know, now I love putting matches together. You know what I mean? And so yeah. and I, and I, I did then. It's just that when you only have so much energy and you're in such, so much pain, it's yeah. like him taking that off my plate was, was such a blessing. So absolutely. And, and Danny, I know you're listening in the background. I got the hook about seven minutes ago and uh-huh. it's, it's about having the complete Brian Danielson. You guys get the finished product. It's so cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. But just, I'm, I'm brains working, but okay. A couple of more things. I'm going to let you go. Um, and I, this is a serious question. And I'm curious how you're going to answer this. Cause I feel like you don't spend a lot of time watching people argue about nothing on the internet. Is it a demotion for a very talented wrestler from outside of WWE to be brought in to work with The Miz? Okay, so say that again. (laughs) Okay, I had to say it again, you said? Yeah. Okay, is it a demotion for a, a, a very good wrestler outside of WWE to be brought in to work with The Miz? Gosh, I mean, I don't know. So I would say as much as I dislike him as a human being mm-hmm. is really helped me and gave me a good story point, like launching pad for W in WWE. So it, it all, everything is how, how you take it, how it plays out. I mean, mm-hmm. if you, I mean, I, I don't think so. No. I mean, if it gets, yeah. if it gives opportunity to show people what you can do, I yeah. think it's a, I, I, I think it's a, it's actually a great starting point because at the very least people, people, the fans dislike the Miz. (laughs) So it's, it's, you know, if you can go in and, and have, if you're good enough and you go in there and you can, and you, and you have a great program with him, that it's just a great launching pad, you know? Absolutely. How dare you be rational about this? Okay. (laughs) Um, The one thing you did mention early, you know, you get, People want feedback from you right away. You're, you know, whether you whether you want to be that guy or not, you're your big brother, you're a living legend. And so, you know, how you go about things, other people want to go about them. Um, something that's been talked about is you helping Jade Cargill along as she, you know, figures out the process of becoming really good at this thing. Um, just some thoughts on her progress so far, what you think her trajectory might be, uh, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I think she's uh, she's done really well, and especially given the situation that she's put in, right? So she was uh, put in with very little training right on live TV, and she has to learn to wrestle on live television. I mean, I think it would be best for her improvement to be able to go and do some other shows, right? Yeah. Uh, she, she had expressed interest in, to me in – being able to go to Japan and work like a tour for, for three months, she would come back a completely different wrestler, right? Yeah. She already, the, it, it, and it's, it's so interesting to me because when you take somebody like her, she, she has to work on different things than I had to work on when I was, when I was learning to wrestle, right? I had to learn wrestling the physical act of wrestling came very easily to me and the understanding of putting together matches and stuff and i had some great people that i worked with the hard part was the performance aspect of being a star she already has the star aspect yeah right so for her it's 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 catching up on the wrestling aspect of it and i think she's done a very good job with that and especially given the circumstances of it's not like 
it's not like she's getting to wrestle even 10 matches a month, right? Yeah. She's getting she's getting to wrestle at most what two matches a month? You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. maybe four. And, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but but I mean, you know, especially recently it seems like it hasn't been that often, you know what yeah. I mean? And even when it is, it might be you know, six-person tags or whatever it is, you know. And so it's like it's hard to get better at the wrestling stuff when you're wrestling so infrequently. So, um, but I mean, she, she shows up, she works hard, like all that kind of stuff. And that's, and she has, she already has that star presence that, uh, you know, and that, that goes a long way. So yeah, I think she's going to do really well. She already has done really well. What what am I? She already has done really well. So it's like, (laughs) I, I don't know if you've, process this i have an idea of how you look at the world and how the world works but what is it like to be on the other end of a bunch of black kids favorite wrestling memory ever like you're the guy that that kofi beat to to become the kofi that we know um what what does that do for you emotionally if anything so so the most Really, what it does for me is it was my favorite match in WWE. Yeah, yeah. it was like it was the whole build up to it, and um, so you also have to understand like Kofi, right? I he actually interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. Just and we have mutual friends. He's great. He's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He's such. Um, so when I from the time I got to WWE to the time I left, he's such like a he's such a good human being. Right. And, you know, he was, I came in around the time where he was getting that, the big push and he was wrestling Randy Orton. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it slowly eroded. Right. And all the guys love him. Right. And every time he wrestles on the live events, the crowd loves him. Right. And so it was, uh, and it, I don't know, to me, it was, it was, the whole thing was magic. And it felt like, um, it felt like the, it felt like being able to be in there and do, do something that with somebody who really, I hate the word you deserve this, yeah, yeah. but he really deserved that. And like, you know, and you look at like, the live events, like the number of shows that he did for WWE, the amount of TV time that he filled and every time going out there and always having a positive attitude and all that kind of stuff. Like what a great, what a great human being, you know what I mean? And so, uh, so yeah, so it was, um, it was, it was, yeah, like I said, it was my favorite match. I think it was my, the whole thing was my favorite part of my WWE career. And conversely, the most demoralized I ever was was seeing him lose it to Brock Lesnar the way that he did. It's nice to hear somebody say that. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, it, yeah. It wasn't and, great. It was, it was, it, it, it wasn't great. And, um, I was frustrated because, uh, so during that time period, I was, kind of, I wasn't on TV very much, you know, I, me and Rowan had, I think become tag team champions shortly thereafter or something. And, you know, um, but, he had the first story with Randy Orton and, um, and, but then after that he needed to transition from being the Kofi that the WWE saw him as to being like, Hey, I'm the man now. Yeah. 
and he had transitioned to that in his mind and the fans reacted to him like that, but they never put him that storyline wise. Right. Yeah. And the, you know, and then the Brock thing happened and then it was like, Oh my gosh. Like I was just, I was very frustrated for him. And I think probably a lot of us, because we all like Kofi so much and respect him so much as a human being, like just a wonderful person, a wonderful father, a wonderful husband, right? Like all those things. Like we were more frustrated I mean, he never vented any frustration to me. We were more, I was more frustrated. It seemed like I was more frustrated with that (laughs) than he was. Although maybe the people who know him better would be, would, would, you know, you know, so, so anyways, that's probably not, not too much of what this article is about, but it was. (laughs) It's nice to know. Yeah, for sure. It goes from being like my favorite moment in WWE Mm -hmm. to, one of the most discouraging things in WWE when he lost to Brock. So it's okay. yeah. And that actually does really fit in well because you even like your whole premise is this is about how this thing makes you feel. So no, that's that's we're gonna tie that in too. That's great. Um okay. So it is 2023. You CM Punk, Chris Jericho, Claudio, um, you know, th- of course stings a bit before you guys, but what does it say about you guys' attitude, you guys' talent, you guys' style that, you know, you were either stars or about to be stars 20 years ago, give or take, and now you guys are still kind of at the top of your game? What, what, is that, what does that say to preparation and luck and, and whatever else? Well, uh, one, I will say it's a lot of luck in the sense of injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I know WWE, one of the, you know, I never got, bothered by the stories of like them trying to sell these stories of me being like a nerd mm-hmm. or uh you know it was the funny the story that um the story that they crafted where i actually me and brie started dating right. was over the difference between me being a, a vegan and a virgin right yes. <laughs> they, they thought mm-hmm. i was a virgin and i was a vegan right mm-hmm. none of that uh none of that bothered me um very much the thing that bothered me the most is them going with the story that I'm injury prone mm. because like, that'll mess the money up. Like, yeah, <laughs> the reality is my whole career. I never had any surgeries other than a deta- uh, I detached my retina in 2007. Mm-hmm. And that was a quick surgery. And I was back three, three weeks later, but, um, which I shouldn't have been. That's a different story entirely, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, you know, I had been wrestling for, uh, nearly 15 years before I had to have neck surgery after WrestleMania 30. And then it just, you know, then the following year I got a concussion and, and all that kind of stuff and was forced to retire. Yeah. But it the, they kind of sold this story of me being injury prone. And I, and what really frustrated me was that it's like, I'm not, I haven't been throughout my entire career injury prone, right? I've been, you know, I've been doing it year after year after year. And then the other frustrating thing would be like the one time Edge did this promo was like, you were wrestling in these independent shows, maybe three times a month or whatever it is. I was like, what? And <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And like, because that generation didn't know like the schedule, for example, that I, that I did. Yeah. I bet in two I wrestled more matches than anybody in WWE. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, so, but you know, the, there were, there were those sorts of frustrations, but I think our generation 
one, we live cleaner lifestyles. Yeah. Two, we have better access to, um, we have like trainers and all that kind of stuff in the sense of like, we're smarter with the way that we warm up. Like, uh, I work a lot. So I love AEW's medical team. Mm-hmm. I work with a trainer there, um, named Bryce Reddy. He works on me before every show and all that kind of stuff. But just like, okay, here's my warm up. My warm up for my matches is longer than my matches. It's like mm-hmm. I have people sometimes who are wrestling me. Like I say, okay, we have to have all the major stuff sorted out pretty soon because I have to get ready to warm up an hour before my match because mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think that's Claudio. Um, I don't, you know, I never see. Jericho's warm up, to be honest, because he's got his own room. Okay. But like Claudio's got an extensive warm up. You know, uh, a lot of the a lot of the older guys, you know, we're just so diligent about warming up and then taking care of ourselves, getting good sleep after. Like we're not going out and partying after the show, right? Mm. Like I, me and Claudio ride together, and so we uh, so we go to the hotel immediately after the show. And as soon as I get to my room, I'm not even looking at my phone or anything like that. I'm mm foam rolling i'm stretching and i'm going to bed you know and if i if i haven't talked to my wife i'll i talk to my wife you know what i mean and so so yeah so i think that's the uh the main thing is the priority in and because we have to the style is harder right Mm -hmm. so we have to take care of our bodies if we want to do this for an extended period of time absolutely all right so just two more things um and I grew up in San Antonio. Um, of course, Shawn Michaels fan, like everybody from San Antonio is. I know you spend a little time down there. Um, any any thoughts on the parallels between, you know, Shawn Michaels? I'm one of the best in the world. Big time injury. Come back. People think I'm even better than I was beforehand. In your case, um, you know, you were always really, really good. But again, now after injury, you feel like, or not after injury, I apologize, but after um, you did take time off and then left WWE and came here and we get the uh, kind of the best version of you. Um, Was there ever any type of conversation between you two about, you know, this could be the end, but now that you're coming back, you want to put more into it. You feel better. Um, Anything like that? No, Sean and I actually don't have that close of a relationship or anything. It's not like, no, I I like him and I like to chat with him. I see him, but it's not like, uh, we never had that relationship. The, uh, with William Regal, however, mm, it, okay. so it is like, and he never, he had wrestling taken away from him yeah, and wasn't able to get it back. Right. Like yeah. his, so he, he can never do another match. He can never, you know, none of, none of that stuff. Um, uh, but he, he stays in wrestling and he, he loves what he does. Right. Yeah. And so, and one of the things that he has always um, instilled in me is this idea that wrestling is not um, you don't it's a it's a gift, right? Yeah. So like you don't nobody deserves to be able to wrestle, right? Like. This is something that we're lucky to be able to do. It's a privilege to be able to do it. And so, and especially if you love it the way that I love it, the way that he loved it, right? The way Claudio loves it, the way John Moxley loves it. It's it's a present to be able to be able to go do this thing that we do. So don't look at it as like, oh gosh, I've got to do this or I've got to do that, right? It's this, 
it's this idea of, okay, so now you're a little bit older, Darren and I, or I was calling Darren, uh, or William Regal and I have talked about this. Now you're a little bit older. Let's, let's wrestle smarter, right? Yeah. Let's wrestle like, okay, what's the, what's the maximum impact, um, that you can have with this match in the, in the most concise version possible. Right. And some of me, this is the, uh, uh, what the, uh, what did I, the term that I used before when it's like you, you're just doing it for yourself. Sometimes I max, uh, so I maximize, uh, maximize stuff in my matches just because it interests me to see if my body can do it, which yeah. I think really, my, my wife's, I think working out in the garage right now, if I were to ask her, I think she would be, that's a really frustrating part about Brian is he sometimes likes to push himself physically in these matches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then he comes home and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, yeah, you're 41 years old. (laughs) Absolutely. And so, uh, but it's, you know, it's not taking it, you know, it's the idea of not taking it for granted. And I think one of the things too, you just become smarter as you get older. That's one of the things about, that's great about professional wrestling is, for example, Tom Brady's a miracle in the NFL that he could, that he could compete at that level for as long as he could. Um, but that's not most people, most people, your athletic career, your brain probably keeps getting better at football from a mental perspective into your mid forties or whatever it is. But physically you can't, there's killers coming out of college every single year, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they're just like, they're coming out. They're the most athletics, most, the strongest, fastest people you that have ever existed on planet earth. Mm. And they're coming to smash you. And it's like, no matter how good your football IQ is, your physical, your physical body can't keep up with these young guys Mm -hmm. with wrestling. So, for example, you look at Jericho, right? His his wrestling IQ is so high when it comes to putting together matches, when it comes to putting together promos and all that kind of stuff. So if you can maintain your body and do that kind of stuff, because you don't have to, it's there's no there's no um test about how fast you run the ropes. Yeah. Nobody's 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 uh questioning my vertical jump, right? And like I Thank God at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it was a real, if it was a real contest, and if it was real, like if it was between me and Dante Martin to see who could do the best springboard, mm. Dante Martin would literally. I bet he can. I bet he can jump two feet higher than me. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, so you know, so it's. But you can take your ring IQ a lot further. And that's one of the things that William Regal and I discussed a lot was just like, okay, making the smaller things mean more and all that kind of stuff. And especially in a, um, in a setting like AW where, um, the moves are, it's more, uh, it's more as opposed it's whatever the opposite of minimalist is. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of that as yeah. far as from a wrestling match perspective. So how do you make the little things mean more? So, yeah, so that's, uh, I think that's, and I think Sean did that a lot too, although he and I never talked about it. Mm-hmm. When I watched matches after he came back, they're just, a lot of times they're such smarter matches than if you watch him and like, not just, he was never a dumb wrestler, mm-hmm. right? But 
in the sense where he just did a lot of stuff, right? Self-indulgent. Like, that's what you called it earlier. Like, yeah, yeah self-indulgent. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that was a long answer to no, Sean and I have not talked about it. It was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the last thing and I'll let you go. Um, I, I've never done this before, but okay. I did um, speak to uh, someone familiar with you and your work. And I had them send in a question. And the question was this. When I submit you in front of your children, will you finally do the right thing and stay home? Ooh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I told you, I told Max, I was like, hey, I'm going to talk to Danielson. Got a question for him. And he was like, yeah, I got a question for him. Um, So, yeah, with that said, um, you think he can hang with you for an hour? So, I mean, that's, I guess, the burning question, right? Mm-hmm. It's the burning question in my mind. I think it's probably the burning question in his mind, too, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of, you know, it's a lot of pressure. It's his yeah. first it's his first pay-per-view main event as AEW world champion, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that it's not like, is this match going to go an hour? No, this match is going an hour. And no matter what happens you you have to be there for the full hour right and i wrestle i wrestle a pretty intense pace i don't let up a lot and i don't get tired so so it's uh so i think that's you know um so yeah i think you know that i think that's more of a a question for him than it is for for me um but yeah i'm that said i'm really looking forward to it i like i've never actually done an iron man match before so this will be first ever Iron Man match, although I wrestled many, many 60-minute matches. I was like, yeah, there just weren't as many falls. You've definitely done this. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. The South Congress Podcast.